Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, just like that, or reminded, yes, we do live in Montana. What a great, elongated, and beautiful fall. <laughs> and I hate to tell you, but winter is here, at least for the weekend. Welcome to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. No ESPN MT app today. Uh, Jeff Safford and the Grizz Hockey Team, they're on the road, and uh, there's a certain piece of equipment that helps us with the app and helps us with our blue frame technology. And Jeff has that because those guys are on their way down to um, Denver for uh, some Grizz hockey action, uh, a variety of different uh, matchups coming up. So no app for the rest of the week, but that's okay. You can always find us on the radio dial. You can also always stream online, 1029ESPN.com. And uh, you can always watch us on television, 1029 uh, excuse me, on SWX uh, Montana TV. I am Coulter Nuanas, And we got a ton of stuff to get to today. As always, Wednesday is usually a pretty college football heavy day. And it will be again today. We're going to talk uh, Sam Herter all the way around the FCS. Uh, he's from Hero Sports. Uh, I got plenty of questions about some of the best teams in the country right now. And some of the teams that were expected to be good. That maybe they're struggling a little bit. We're also going to hear from, I think it's an interesting story. And that's why I wanted to get this guy on the show. Ryan Lonergan, he's a Bozeman High School product. He's been there at Montana State for a handful of years now, and he's sort of been waiting in the wings. Really talented guy out of high school. I mean, he was he was a dynamite player both sides of the ball for the Hawks. He had a bunch of Mountain West interest. Jeff Choke called him the the sort of the gem of that recruiting class, and then he's just had sort of the the misfortune of 
having to play behind Trayton Pickering and Derek Snell, a couple small-town guys who have made good and, and are two of the best tight ends, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but in the in the United States of America at the FCS level. But Lonergan, he got the call last week. Derek Snell was uh, got banged up in practice and then thought he was going to go Saturday, and then he couldn't go. So uh, Snell was a late scratch, like like literally 90 minutes before kickoff for Montana State's game at Sac State. So Lonergan gets thrown in there. Well, Montana State, quote-unquote, runs a two-tight end set, but one tight end is more of a traditional in-line type tight end. The other one, which Snell plays, it's more like of an H-back slash fullback. They list Snell as a fullback on the roster. So Lonergan's worked in at both spots, but he's probably more ready-made for the the more traditional tight end. You know, he's 6'4", 240, and so playing the H was a little bit different for him. He had to put his hand in the dirt and figure some stuff out. I thought he was swimming a little bit early, and then he figured it out late. So we talked to him just about what it's been like there at Montana State, what's kept him in it, kept him going uh, with the Bobcats. That's our Montana State Minute coming up at 4.30. Also talk some Grizz hockey with Mike Anderson about 4.45, uh, at least tentatively. These guys are on a bus. I don't know where they're at. So I, I texted Coach Anderson to see where they'll be in about an hour, and he hasn't texted me back yet. But certainly, uh, if they're available, we'll let you know. And if not, we'll just talk some Grizz hockey on this end. But uh, every Wednesday, we'll talk Grizz hockey, plus uh, give you some uh, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That's all just in hour number one. Hour number two, Andrew Houghton's putting together a, a great retrospective historical podcast. The Grizz, uh, Betsy Dirksen, who's the first head coach for the Grizz soccer team, she's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame on uh, Friday night at the university, the University of Montana Athletic Department Hall of Fame. And uh, Dirksen, certainly, she built the foundation for and um, had so much um, influence in the stability, the initial stability of the program. And look at the program now. They uh, they just won the Big State Conference Championship. They're experiencing one of their great seasons in program history. So there's some symmetry there. The the man who was the athletic director at Montana when Montana first added women's soccer was Bill Moose. Bill Moose then went on to have a storied athletic career, was the AD at Oregon and Washington State, and most recently Nebraska. So Andrew caught up with uh, Bill Moose to talk about some of the decisions behind when uh, they first went, uh, made the decision to add soccer at the University of Montana. And then we'll attack some high school football as well. We're, we're going to have a whole bunch of coaches on this week. I've already talked early in the week here with Dane Broadhead, the head coach of Helena High, who will join us uh, here at about 530. Also, um, we're going to hear from Dane Oliver of Missoula Sentinel, Matt Johnson from Missoula Big Sky, Todd Hughes, Missoula Loyola, Pat Duchesne from Florence, and Bryce Carver from Hamilton. It might even have a couple other ones in there, but just wanted to make the rounds as much as we could because the high school football playoffs start this weekend. And I'll tell you what, there's one common theme, and that's the weather. If you haven't noticed, it turned big time all around the state of Montana. Here in Missoula, we had ice all over the sidewalks and flurries of snow. It's been windy all day, and that's not even close to what it's going to be like later on this weekend. I'm hearing a high of 11 in Great Falls, a high of 9 with some severe wind, uh, excuse me, a high of 11 in Helena, a high of 9 with some severe wind in Great Falls, a high right around 10 degrees in Billings. So we're going to have some cold, cold games. It's probably going to be blowing 
uh, all sorts of uh, sideways on uh, the eastern part of the state as well. Uh, Todd Hughes talked all about how Shepard, who they play in the first round, they got to run a, a three-back set that's sort of like a, a, an option because they <laughs> the wind blows so much out there they can't throw the ball. He's joking, but it, it's going to be windy, blustery, cold, miserable, and that's what makes Montana high school football playoffs so awesome. So uh, bring it on. Like I always say, if you're new here, welcome. All we ask is that you participate and all we ask is that you know how to endure the long winter. So there you go, a whole bunch of uh, football talk for you and some soccer talk as well coming up here on the um, on Nuanas Now all Wednesday long. I am Coulter Nuanas. That's our show outlook. Again, a reminder, no ESPN MT app, but you can also stream the show online, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406 888 1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. And all guests will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go right now. Welcome in Sam Herter, Hero Sports. You can find all his fine work at heroesports.com. Uh, Sam, are you in the Twin Cities right now? Yes, I am. How's the how's the weather out there? It turned overnight here in Montana, so it's uh, it's all of a sudden winter. Boom, like the drop of a hat. How is it out there? Yeah, we're we're getting there. Um, you know, I, I think this weekend it's supposed to be uh, mid thirties, uh, maybe some snow flurries. No, no snow yet as far as that's going to stick to the ground, but that's that's going to be uh, getting to us uh, in no time. So the temps are. Uh, it was in the 50s a couple of weeks ago, and now it's in the 40s. Now we're looking at the 30s. So, uh, yeah, winter is, is coming, as they say. Well, uh, since you're there in the Twin Cities, i got to ask you one NFL question before we get to the FCS. I've been trying to divorce the Vikings for a couple of years. I just can't bring myself <laughs> to do it. And then, of course, uh, the one team that I maybe would replace them with, with my fandom, would be the 49ers. So Monday night, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, if the Niners just run roughshod, then I can just do it. I can just cut the Vikings off, and I can just become a Niners fan, and it'll just be a seamless transition. Well, of course, Kirk Cousins, the guy I bag on on this show all the time, looks great. The Niners look completely vulnerable. Brock Purdy looks completely human, and San Francisco lays an egg, and Minnesota rolls them. What's the vibe out there in the Twin Cities, though? Are people believing in the Vikings right now, or how do they feel? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's tough being a Vikings fan, and I think there's always cautious optimism uh, with, with Vikings fans. You know, obviously after beating a team like the 49ers, I think that optimism is certainly raising, especially because there have been, you know, some, some close losses earlier on uh, this season. And so I think now it, it's so up and down, honestly. I mean, being around here one week, it's, you know, get rid of everyone the next week. You know, like right now it's, hey, maybe we can turn this around and make the playoffs and then, who knows, you know, the, the next game the Vikings will probably lose by 21 and it'll be back into being down in the dumps. And so it's it's so up and down being a Vikings fan because they usually play uh, so up and down. It's it's so up and down. It's so wild. The, the, the part that keeps you hanging on is that the Vikings, even in my whole lifetime being a fan, they've never been truly bad. They've been all sorts of mediocre all sorts of times, and they've been almost good all sorts of times, and they've been really good a couple times, but they're never just downright bad. If they were just downright bad, it would make it a lot easier on everybody. But, of course, they just keep you hanging on. They're going to win seven or eight or nine games like they always do. Sam Herder, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, Let's talk about the the SCS. First of all, I want to ask you about uh, probably the top result in the SOCON this last week. We've talked about Furman a little bit. 
Uh, but they continue to uh, have a great year, and they're now number three in the polls. They beat Western Carolina, who was a, a top 10 team last week. I think they came in at number 10 or 11 uh, this week. So, I mean, contender or pretender, is this a team that really could make a playoff run? What do we think of Furman? Yeah, I think they can make a playoff run. Uh, I'm still of the mindset that there are, you know, two legit title contenders uh, out there, FCS uh, title contenders at South Dakota State and Montana State. Uh, you know, anyone outside of those two winning the national title would um, would still, you know, be uh, a pretty big surprise to me. But, you know, there, you still need two other teams to fill those semifinal spots. And, uh, you know, I think Furman, you know, certainly has uh, what it takes to get there. I think resume-wise, they're setting up to go 10-0 and versus the FCS if they don't have any, um, you know, down performances. Uh, so they would be 10-0 and versus the FCS, 10-1 and overall. They would have about three ranked wins. Uh, their strength of schedule would probably be in the 30s. Uh, so, you know, that's not, you know, a, a, a huge, um, you know, it's not like a top 10 strength of schedule, but it's not a bad strength of schedule being in the 30s out of a, you know, a subdivision this big. And so uh, I think Furman is setting up to, to be a top four seed, uh, get some home playoff games. And I also think just their style of play uh, is built to win games uh, in the playoffs. You know, they're not, they're not the Western Carolina that throws the ball all over the place. Uh, although Western can run the ball pretty well, you know Sanford is a team that, that throws the ball all all over the place. You know Chattanooga throws the ball a lot. Uh, Furman is a more grind you out uh, type of team. Uh, their quarterback Tyler Huff is you know he's a good thrower, but you know he's if he can go 12 of 18 passing every game uh, while they run the ball you know 40 times a game, you know that's great for them. Uh, and Furman I think plays really solid defense. They have depth on the defensive line, which is so huge, especially late on. Uh, later on in the season. And so I think they're a good, you know, solid top five FCS football team. You know, can they beat South Dakota State? I don't think so, but I do think they can win, uh, you know, a couple of games in the playoff bracket. Well, the other game we talked about uh, last week that was an eye-opener, but certainly a huge win, was North Dakota's win over North Dakota State. Beat them by three-plus scores. But then UND goes out and gets shut out by Northern Iowa. So uh, what do we think of just the roller coaster that UND's ridden the last couple weeks? Yeah, I mean that's the the results wasn't too puzzling, honestly. The the score was really really puzzling. Uh, I mean, Northern Iowa looked terrific a week after getting slaughtered by South Dakota State. Uh, UND just looked uh, super flat, just did not execute well, just had had no energy there at all. Um, that was of course a week after uh, you know, looking like one of the best teams in the FCS with how they beat uh, the Bison. So losing twenty seven nothing for UND, I think was was you know, the, the score itself was a surprise, uh, but the results, you know, wasn't too much of a surprise because this is kind of on par for, for UND and yeah. Northern Iowa. Uh, UNI is pretty, you know, up and down year to year. Um, you know, they have some bad performances and then they have some, some really good performances. Uh, UND kind of has a, even going back to their big sky days, you know, I can think of uh, times when, you know, they beat a top 10 team uh, in the big sky, uh, top 10 team nationally out of the big sky. Uh, then the next week they would lose to like Northern Arizona, who was unranked. And so they just, UND's, you know, they've had some marquee wins over the last seven years, but then, you know, a week later or two weeks later, they just, they just lose the game and kind of lose a, you know, a game they shouldn't and lose all the momentum. And so um, I, I guess the, 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 the result wasn't too much of a surprise. I mean, we, we've seen it from, from both of these teams. Uh, it's kind of been on par for them. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, doing it us here. On to on is now. It's ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. No ESPN MT app for the rest of the week. But that'll be back as soon as Chris Hockey is back in town. Uh, we're, we're, for the third week in a row, we're going to have another uh, great matchup between top five teams. This week, it's South Dakota versus South Dakota State. So uh, I know South Dakota State, 
They had to gut it out to get a 17 to 10 win over Southern Illinois. South Dakota has kept uh, kept it going after they uh, had the big win over NDSU a couple weeks ago. Uh, so what do we think of this one? I mean, a- a- last week South Dakota State getting pushed a little bit. Are the Jacks slightly vulnerable? And, and what does uh, what do the Oats need to do to st- stick in this one and, and maybe pull an upset? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was uh, kind of touch and go there for a little bit for both South Dakota State and South Dakota uh, last weekend on the road. Uh, like you mentioned, South Dakota State they, they they hang on and beat Southern Illinois seventeen to ten. Uh, South Dakota beats Indiana State seventeen to three. That was a you know a ten three ball game for, for for most of that game. And so you know watching both was kind of seemed like both teams were perhaps maybe looking ahead to to this week's rivalry uh, game. But uh, yeah, I mean. Whoever would have thought this could be a top five uh, matchup, um, especially with how USD finished last year, going going three and eight. Uh, but they've really turned things around, and you know Bob Nielsen, he's uh, done a heck of a coaching job uh, this year. He's done it with about the same players as last year. It's not like the Oats had brought in you know twenty FBS transfers to get things turned around. These are the same dudes as last year. They're just you know playing a whole lot better, and they're especially playing a whole lot better on the offensive and defensive lines. And that's what it's going to take to to knock off South Dakota State. Uh, you know, surprisingly, the Jacks, uh, they have a two-game losing streak uh, in Vermillion. Uh, they lost in 2019, mm. and then they lost in 2021 uh, on that Hail Mary that kind of threw everything into a loop uh, for the, the playoff seeding. Uh, so it's been, you know, several, several years, you know, probably, I, I, I would guess, 2017, uh, actually, it would be. Uh, the last time South Dakota State has won in Vermil- uh, Vermillion. Uh, so, you know, there, there's something to be said about how USD plays at home, uh, but they're going to have to play, you know, a dynamite ball game because, um, I think if uh, if South Dakota State, you know, they have their, their their full energy, they're not overlooking anyone. You know, the Jacks are executing to their level. They're they're going to be really hard to beat uh, this year. And I, I certainly think uh, South Dakota, obviously because of the rivalry, but also because of the number four ranking for South Dakota, the the Yotes are going to have South Dakota State's full attention. Uh, so it's going to be a, a tough ball game for the Yotes, I think, to, to pull off this win. Let's talk briefly about the Colonial Athletic Association before we get into a couple questions about the Big Sky Conference. I'm having a hard time pin, pinning who the primary contenders are from that league. William & Mary was the champion last year, and, and they made it to the quarterfinals of the playoffs, but then they got wiped in a, a you know a frozen tundra-type game in Bozeman, 55-7. to uh, But still, they were the team that's expected to be sort of the cream of the crop in that league coming into this year. But they've dropped a couple, and uh, they've plummeted in the polls. So where are we at with William & Mary? Also, where are we at with the CAA? Yeah, William & Mary is, uh, you know, surprising the downfall that they've had. Um, you know, obviously Montana State fans are familiar with, with William & Mary, and uh, it's really a same-look squad coming back from, from last year's team. I think William & Mary is still really good defensively. They have a couple of uh, defensive ends in Nate Lane and John Pius that are really good. Uh, and you know the, the the tribe on defense haven't have been solid this year, but it, it's really their um, their their offense that has struggled uh, this year, which is surprising because you know they, they they bring back most of their offensive line, they bring back their starting quarterback, uh, Bronson Yoder, their their star running back has been out, so that's that's been hurting. But uh, even when Yoder has been in, their offense has um, has really struggled uh, this year, which is a surprise because their, their offense for the most part was, was very good, uh, last year. And so, you know, in their place, it kind of seems like Delaware has risen up to, to be that top team, uh, in the CAA, you know, Delaware, of course, is kind of a, a blue blood household name, uh, in the FCS. And so, you know, just like the Montana schools, you know, it's, it's usually good for the FCS when Delaware is good and, and the blue hens are looking like a top 10 team, uh, in the FCS. But, you know, the, the CAA as a whole is, like you said, it's very difficult to gauge because I know, 
you know, you and in, in Big Sky Country, you, you complain about uh, the unbalanced scheduling in the Big Sky with 12 teams. Well, the CAA has 15 teams in it this year, and that's yeah. going to grow to 16 teams next year. And so there are, I can't remember what team specifically, but like Richmond, for example, Richmond could potentially go 8-3 and three with zero ranked wins just because of how the schedule sets up. Wow. Does that mean 8-3 and three Richmond is in the playoffs when they haven't really beaten anyone? You know, I don't know. And there's going to be a lot of 7-4, and four, maybe a couple more 8-3 and three CAA teams uh, that are going to be on that playoff bubble because their record uh, looks really good. Um, now, some of these teams, like I, I think Delaware is good. I, I like what Albany is doing. Um, you know, Villanova looks pretty solid. And so I do think they have a few, you know, good, solid FCS teams. But I think they're going to have a couple of 7-4 of and four teams where if the playoff committee looks at them a little closer and look, and look at, you know, who they beat um, and a lack of ranked wins, I think there could be a couple of 7-4 and four CAA teams left out of the bracket this year. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. You can find all his great writing, heroesports.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, and you can always find him here during the first hour of Nuanas Now each Wednesday. Uh, let's talk a, couple, a little bit about Big Sky Conference. Uh, UC Davis had a bye last week. Uh, they play against Northern Arizona this week. Uh, are the Aggies still on the playoff bubble? Like, if they were to, to take care of business down the stretch, could they still be a, a playoff team? And if so, does that mean the playoffs start this weekend for UC Davis? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to be right there on the bubble, um, just like last year. I do think the path to seven wins for UC Davis looks, uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty promising. Um, you know, right now at, at four and three, um, you know, I, going to Northern Arizona and Portland State, um, or excuse me, the following, the following week would be a home game versus Portland State. You would assume UC Davis would win those games, but, you know, NAU has looked, great at times this year they've also looked down at times same thing can be said about uh portland state uh, then uc davis goes to idaho state and that's that's no longer a gimme either totally but if you're uc davis and you win those next three games you're sitting at seven wins uh, already and then you know you you host a rival sac state and if you win there then you're, you're then you're definitely in but if you lose that game and let's say uc davis goes seven and four i mean they don't really have their best win, I don't know what their, their best win would, would be, honestly. I guess Weber State would be their best win because Weber was ranked at the time, uh, but Weber is no longer ranked. Uh, so uh, UC Davis might run into the same situation uh, as, as last year, honestly, where you know they, they look really good. They, overall, they have a pretty good record, 6-5 and five, uh, last year, 7-4 and four this year, but you know they don't really have you know a marquee win. Um, you know, I guess last year they did beat Idaho. Um, this year they, they beat Weber State, but um, I, I don't know. I think that you obviously have to handle business these next three games, um, and then that Sac State game could be a huge game, both for UC Davis and Sac State when it comes to uh, playoff posi- uh, positioning. Well, speaking of Idaho State not being a gimme anymore, they beat Portland State last week, and now here they got they got this matchup with Sacramento State. And who would have thought that right now, the last week of October, Idaho State would have a better conference record than Sacramento State. Not me, but all of a sudden, this is a big game. I mean, Sac State, I still think that they have an inside track to the playoffs if they take care of business, even if they do drop another one, uh, specifically the one uh, against Montana under the lights in, in two weeks. They also have the Causeway Classic, as you mentioned there, against UC Davis. But it gets a heck of a lot tougher if you don't get it done against Idaho State. Idaho State, they're 3-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play, so they've been the surprise of the league. So what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Idaho State. You know, obviously, you know, turning things around. You know, like you said, three and one uh, in the conference certainly jumps. You know, off the page. Uh, you know, down the stretch here for Idaho State it is going to be tough. You know, like you said, going to Sac State. You know, Weber State. Well, you know, it kind of seems like Weber State might be turning things around a little bit with their quarterback change. 
Uh, so that, that's going to be a tough one for Idaho State. You know, UC Davis, Idaho, so that's a, it's a really tough stretch for, uh, for Idaho State. But, uh, I mean, yeah, this, this matchup this weekend is um, a lot more intriguing than, than what we thought. Um, it's, it's a huge game for, uh, for Sac State just in terms of, of not letting this one slip because um, I think you look at Sac State right now and um, I think the potential is there to, go, to end up going uh, about 8-3. and three. You know, I do think they'll probably end up going to uh, Missoula and losing. I, I think the Grizz might be out for blood um, in that one. But you, you probably favor Sac State to win this weekend. You favor them versus uh, Cal Poly. You know, going to UC Davis, um, you know, that's going to be a, a tough one. But, you know, that could be a, a swing game for uh, UC Davis and Sac State, that last one, where the winner goes 8-3 and three and is in the playoffs and the loser is 7-4 and four and, and kind of sweating things out. Um, but I think Sac State is still in, in a pretty good position to make the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, they lose one more, and they're probably out of the out of the seed conversation. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here on Nuwana's Now. All right, last one for you then uh, for the second time in three weeks. The uh, game of the week, not only in the Big Sky Conference, but probably in the FCS, is in Moscow, Idaho. Kibbe Dome, the host to second-ranked Montana State, against number nine, Idaho. I talked to Jason Eck earlier today. By the way, we'll play that interview on this show tomorrow. And uh, he certainly said that they learned some stuff uh, just in terms of the hype around the game and playing in front of a sellout crowd and all that stuff uh, from their matchup against Montana two weeks ago. So certainly I think they'll have uh, some different plans to mitigate all that. They're certainly not hyping this up on their side as much. They've sold plenty of tickets, so it's going to be a rocking atmosphere there. But not necessarily the the smack talking and the trolling and they're not doing all that. It's not as easy of a target when it's Brent Vegan on the other side as it is when Bobby Alks on the other side. But either way, I thought that really ignited the Grizz. So I think I know certainly learned their lesson, but just from a pure matchup standpoint, Sam, I mean, this is two versus number nine, but you know, the cats opened up as more than a touchdown favorite. And uh, I think they should be all of that and even more just because I think that they're playing dominant football right now. They've reached this point as a program where they don't need to play particularly well within the scope of how well they can play to still beat some of the top-ranked teams in the country. We saw it last week with Sac State as well. So, I mean, what do we think about Tampa State at Idaho? Yeah, I mean, that's a, obviously a marquee game this coming uh, this upcoming weekend. And, and for Montana State, I mean, now now halfway through that road gauntlet uh, of, of the Big Sky, um, you know, four road games against preseason top-10 teams already making it through um, you know, and, and doing so in an impressive fashion, you know, I, I get that Weber State has fallen off, but they were still the number 10 team, you know, at the time, and that was a 40 to nothing win for Montana State. You know, going to Sac State this last weekend, uh, just really impressed with how Montana State finished that game. You know, it seemed, I remember tweeting too during that game that there were so many swings of, of momentum where it seemed like, you know, whoever, who, whoever had that last bit of momentum might win this game, and then, you know, Montana State just kind of, you know, put the clamps down and, and scored, I think it was three touchdowns in the fourth quarter there to pull away. So that's just a, a really impressive, uh, another really impressive road win for Montana State. And now, you know, a couple more coming, obviously, this weekend at Idaho, yeah, ending the season at Montana. Uh, you know, can Montana State continue to, to play to the level that, that they're playing and uh, continue to get these, these big road uh, wins? And um, I think with how they're playing, too, um, you know, obviously a great running team, especially, you know, playing well uh, defensively. I think that is so huge in in, uh, in road games. Uh, you know, being able to uh, being able to run the ball, playing sound uh, defensively. Um, I do think Montana State will have an edge here. You know, in the trenches, uh, but at the same time, I think you know Idaho probably they've had a couple of weeks to prepare, right? And they probably went back to the drawing board a little bit um, after you know the Grizz really took it to uh, Idaho's offensive line and. 
Um, so maybe Idaho has, has, you know, switched some things up or, you know, switched some, uh, some things here or there to, to play better on the offensive line. Um, but it's going to be a battle in the trenches, I think. And, you know, Montana State looks like they have the edge uh, in that, and that's going to be huge for a road game. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. You can find all his great writing, heroesports.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, and uh, you can also find some stuff with BetMGM as well, and you can always find him here during the 4 o'clock hour of Nuanas Now each Wednesday. Sam, appreciate the time, man. Uh, thanks so much for being here, and uh, best of luck this week. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Speaking of the Montana State-Idaho matchup, certainly the matchup of the week in the Big Sky Conference, we'll hear from a tight end for the Bobcats, but it's not either of the two All-American candidates. Instead, he's a Bozeman high product that's been patient until he got his chance. He took advantage of it fully against Sac State. Ryan Lonergan joins us next. Keep it right here. No one is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Who's the best athlete from Conrad? You just heard the Sports Center. We're doing some high school football playoff stuff. And uh, Conrad plays at Manhattan. It's the only um, it's the only trip in Class B of less than 300 miles. It's a modest trip, quote-unquote, of 211 miles for Conrad to get to Manhattan. We got this awesome book, Jeff Welsh's Montana Greats from Absorky to Zurich, the greatest athletes from 264 Montana communities. We've been sort of going in alphabetical order here, but we also then sometimes just flip to uh, various pages. So here's just a couple uh, pages for you. Conrad and Columbus both are in the Class B playoffs. So uh, first of all, the, the greatest athlete from Conrad, in, in, at least according to this book, is Lonnie Perkins Judas. So it's actually fun because we did a big uh, Traeger uh, smoker giveaway and we got a bunch of meat uh, from up on the high line. And Lonnie Judas, formerly Lonnie Perkins, she's the one that gave it to us. So that's pretty cool. Uh, here's the scoop on Lonnie Perkins. A sprinter and a jumper Perkins is tied with Tony Quinnell of Geraldine for the most medals won at state meets in track and field with 24, 24 medals during her high school career, 13 golds. As a junior in 2002, Perkins became the first girl and second Montana athlete ever to win seven golds in a single state meet, winning the long jump, the high jump, the 100, the 200, the 400, and running the anchor legs on the 400 and 1600 meter relays. Perkins won four medals each 
in the 200, 400, and 1600 meter relay during her high school career, took three golds in the sprint relay, and for good measure, won two in the 100 and the long jump, and then another in the triple jump as well. Perkins, who also competed in volleyball and basketball at Conrad High, still owns state records in the 200 and the 400 meters set in 2003. Perkins went on to compete in track at Montana, where she was a four-time Big Sky champion in the 400 meters and won eight conference titles overall. Today, she's a cattle rancher and lifestyle photographer in Montana's Golden Triangle. Stuart is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's do one more. No ESPN MT app. Sorry, that's muscle memory right there. No ESPN MT app for the rest of the week. We'll be back on there uh, next week. Columbus, this guy is one of the great athletes ever from Montana in terms of his professional accolades. And it was a great honor of mine to be able to write his um, biography for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. It's Dwan Edwards of Columbus, a three-sport athlete and senior class president for the Cougars. Edwards went on to a high-profile career in college at Oregon State and then in the NFL with three teams as a defensive tackle. He was a two-time All-Pac-10 pick and drafted in the second round by the Baltimore Ravens before finishing his career with a Super Bowl appearance with the Carolina Panthers. Edwards was co-MVP of Oregon State's 2003 team and a two-time All-Stater at Columbus in high school. He was a high-scoring forward in basketball as well, averaged nearly 20 points per game in 1999. He has retired from the game today and was inducted into the Montana Football Hall of Fame in 2016. He lives currently in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, what else do you need to say about a guy other than he was the guy playing interior defensive line with Ray Lewis playing behind him in Baltimore and Luke Keekley playing behind him in Carolina? Pretty good. Those guys owe a lot to the big hog mollies in front of them, and Dewan Edwards of Columbus was certainly one of those guys. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. We're joined by a tight end for the Montana State Bobcats, Ryan Lonergan, and he played a whole bunch of football Saturday night in Sacramento State as the Bobcats emerged with a 42-30 to victory. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm doing good. How are you? Good, man. First of all, just take us through uh, the pregame and kind of lead it up to the game because you played some football this year and the last couple of years, but uh, ruled out late. Derek Snell was the senior tight end there for the Cats, and uh, you stepped into that role and performed great. So, I mean, first of all, just take us through the pregame. When did you realize you were going to be one of the main guys? Yeah, uh, during pregame, I, I saw Derek. Uh, he, was, he wasn't feeling too good, so uh, he let me know that he doesn't think he's going to be going tonight, and he was pretty uplifting. He was uh, trying to get some confidence in me in pregame and just let me know, let me know that uh, I can just, just keep doing what I've been doing all year. And Yeah, he really helped me out there mentally to get ready for the game. Well, it seems like I mean, you guys' offense, it, it's technically two tight ends, but a lot of what Snell's role is is – H back, full back, you know, splitting out wide. He does all sorts of stuff, and you so you had to slide into that position. How, how comfortable are you with that part of it? And and uh, I mean, is it different than when you're coming in for Pickering? Are those two different positions, or is it relatively the same what you guys do? Yeah, those positions, those two positions are a little bit different. But um, obviously, I haven't really gotten any reps up until Saturday night about uh, being in fullback, but. You just got to bank on all those practice reps, like being um, being the backup between Snell and um, Pick. Like, you got to know both those positions in and out. And if you don't, then uh, it's always going to be that next man up mentality. So, um, yeah, no, th- those two positions are very different. And uh, uh, obviously the H-back, fullback is pretty run-heavy um, type. And the, the Y can both be the inside run and also out in the pass game. So they are a little bit different, but similar in the same sense. 
Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was awesome watching you flex in and put your hand in the dirt and, and fire off. So, I mean, the first couple times that you're in that fullback stance and you're, you know, you're sitting there behind the quarterback, what's your mindset? Because, yeah, I mean, you know you're going to go hit, hit somebody on a play like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely it's like you got to be in the right mindset. It's going to be like just going to be smash football, man. This is how Bobcat uh, football is built on. So, um, yeah, I, I was comfortable back there. Um and you just got basically got to get ready to go smack some people. That's about it. It seemed like you, you settled in, too. I mean, it seemed like the first couple times you're in the mess, and then after that, it seemed like you really started popping people. So, I mean, did it get easier as the game started going along? Yeah, definitely. Those first two drives were uh, was was the time for me to settle into the environment, like my first start. And, um, yeah, those two drives were a little bit rough, but I learned from them and uh, corrected them as the game went on and in meetings this morning. So, we're ready for next weekend. Ryan Lonergan here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. He's a uh, tight end there for the Montana State Five. Yeah, it's a Bozeman high product as well. Uh, it's been interesting for you too, man, because, I mean, I know you came in with a lot of fanfare and you've been kind of backing up these two guys that are both, I mean, in my opinion, next-level players, two of the best guys in the entire conference. So uh, what's it been like these last couple of years, just uh, sort of waiting for your turn but also uh, learning from a couple of the best in the league? Yeah, I know Derek and, uh, and Pick, they're – there's some there's some dudes and I I know for I, I know that they're going to have their opportunity at the next level and being below them for the past uh, five years has been quite an honor. I've learned a lot from them, um, uh, seeing how they they run a route or how they block and there's all these techniques that I didn't know, but they they have taught me a lot the past five years. I can't thank them enough and uh, yeah. What's it been like just playing in your hometown? Oh, it's awesome. This has been a dream of mine since I, I can remember. Um, it's, I'm grateful for the opportunity to play here. It's it's quite it's quite an opportunity and an atmosphere on game days. I love it. Well, the the fact is, you you got in in the games in a ton of different ways. But I mean, is it hard to be patient, or I guess what has helped you allowed you to be patient to this point? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely, patience is key when you have those two guys ahead of you. But those two guys have. Have been everything too for me. Like they, like uh, us two, pick and Snell, we're uh, we're pretty tight off the field and we hang out quite a bit. So I would honestly say those two to like just say, hey man, like your time's coming. Like don't like don't get discouraged. Like like and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it seems like that is the the key to building depth in college football, and something you guys have done so well, right? Is is getting a whole bunch of really quality guys to really get along. I mean, everybody talks about this. You guys all talk about your position groups like you're all best friends. I think that's so awesome. So, I mean, how important is that? Just just enjoying the experience all the way around. Maybe just off the football field too, in terms of everybody staying in it and being ready to perform. Oh yeah, this is probably the closest team I've ever been a part of. Like, like the dudes, like it's a family here. Like, compared to other programs that I've heard around around the country, and like, we they don't have that like like family um, the family vibe to it really. And our, our culture is different, and we we all understand that in this building, and uh, we we really build that off of each other and. Uh, that's how we like translate our success onto the football fields from off the football field and how we do things in the locker room and off the football field, like in town and all that. 
Well, it definitely comes across, and you guys are a fun group to be around. Uh, Ryan Lonergan here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I was talking about just the finish of that game, then uh, a little bit of a slow start on both sides. You could tell that both sides were feeling each other out and a lot of adjustments being had, but then in the second half, like you guys are prone to do, you just leaned on them and leaned on them, and then all of a sudden you wore them to the ground, and uh, you guys, I think, rushed for 215 of your 328 after halftime and, and three rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, what were the keys to that? I mean, how are you guys able to just outlast them and then let the dam break there in the fourth quarter? Yeah, i definitely say um, props to our defense, too, to be able to give us the ball back. Uh, uh, John's pick six, Ryan's pick, uh, allow us to, like, gain, co- uh, gain confidence and momentum back on offense. And, um, uh, yeah. And also the O line, man, those those dudes are hard people and very physical, and they they showed uh, Sac State's D line that they were the best in the conference. So, uh, props to those guys up front. It was fun being on your guys' sidelines, just observing the demeanor of everybody, because there's so many different levels of intensity, and everybody's having fun and dancing, but sometimes you know screaming and yelling and stuff. But those offensive line guys are just so uh, composed all the time. You can just tell, like they're just like, "Yep, our time's coming. We're just going to keep on going, keep on going." And then in the fourth quarter. Or just just busting them right in the mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they they're very focused guys. They're they're uh, like good play, next play, bad play, next play, and get ready for the next drive. And yeah, they sit down on the bench and just they take, they try to get uh, corrected what they did wrong that previous drive, and then and go correct to the next one. And we showed them that we could do that. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a cool thing to watch. Uh, well, now here you guys are and. Uh, you continue to pile up wins, and you're number two in the country again, and now you got another top ten matchup coming down the pipe. So, I mean, what, what did you learn from preparing for, for such a big game this last week that might help you prepare for yet another big game this upcoming week against Idaho? Uh, yeah, definitely just getting in the film room and just, like, trying to understand keys of their defense and their defensive players. And, um, yeah, now with Snell uh, a little dinged up, he, like, I'm going to have to uh, – carry my part on doing a little more uh, like a little more research into them and just pick up on their tendencies and all that yeah well it seems like you guys love playing in these big games though I mean does it feel I know you guys take it every week one week at a time but I mean it seems like you guys it's easy for you to get up for these big time matchups Oh yeah, no, it was definitely fun having having these big time matchups late in the season. Like uh, this is when separating seasons at, and if you like, this is when all those all those teams across the country are going to be separating themselves from the pack. And I'm excited for this next matchup. It's going to be fun down there in Kibbe Down. Well, it should be awesome. Ryan Lonergan here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. He's a tight end there at Montana State. Ryan, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. It always makes me happy when you got guys you've covered since high school and then they make good. And, you know, one thing about college football is, first of all, if you stick around and you stick it out, you got a good story. It doesn't matter if you are a star or, you know, just a special teams guy. If you make it all four or five, or in this case, some years, you know, some lately it's been six, seven years. If you make it all the way to the end, especially at one place, you got a story. You you were absolutely a part of something, first of all. And second of all, you got a story. There's a reason why you made it to the end. And so it's it's fun. And how about this young man? You know, I mean, he could have transferred. He could have gone elsewhere, and he hasn't. And, and now, you know, he's getting a little playing time. Now he got a ton of playing time on Saturday. Who knows if Snell's available this week or not. They were a little bit mum is the word on that one uh, earlier this week. But uh, I think the fact that he proved himself is going to earn more opportunities for Ryan Lonergan. And then when Trayton Pickering and Derek Snell are gone, 
boom, now it's his show. And I know he's only going to have the one year left next year, but what if he has a star-studded year? I mean, Lance McCutcheon only needed one year, and he went to the NFL. By the way, Lance McCutcheon uh, signed with a practice squad today. Did you see this, Andrew? I can't remember. I think it was it the New York Jets? Yeah, Jets. Okay. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, he's, he's bouncing around, but he's hanging on, and that's what it takes. So uh, it's, it's just always fun when you got Montana guys that you covered in high school that, you know, stick it out and get an opportunity, and that's exactly what Ryan Lonergan has done at Montana State. That's our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now. We'll talk some Grizz hockey on the other side. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. This song is always going to remind me of the guys over at the trail. 103.3, little Robert Chase influence here on 102.9. Appreciate uh, everybody for tuning in. Also appreciate those guys for all their music acumen and music suggestions. We uh, we got some of the old school bumper music playing. I remember when Chase first started playing that uh, on the trail. That was when we were in our old building before we moved into this deluxe studio over here on North Reserve at Missoula Broadcasting Company. But I don't know. I mean... Robert Chase curates the entire playlist at the trail, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So there's a lot of songs that could remind me of him, but that one just always does. I don't know why. It just does. I just remember when he first played it for us when they were debuting it on the trail five, six years ago, and then we rolled it into the bumper music, and uh, here we are doing a little throwback here on this Wednesday. Welcome back to Honest Doubt, ESPN Radio. And uh, SWX Montana Television. No ESPN MT app today, but if you do want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com. Grizz Hockey is on the road, and they have all sorts of games coming up. They are making the trek down to Denver. Wonder how that's going. <laughs> we have not heard from Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey coach, so uh, not expecting him. I, I think that given where they're at right now, I was trying to track it on the map. I'm obviously not tracking the actual location, but given when they left, I think they're probably somewhere between Bozeman and Billings. That Livingston Pass can get absolutely raw. So uh, no worries. We'll probably hear from Coach Anderson uh, next week. But they're on their way down to Denver because they have games against Metro State Denver Thursday. They also have a game against DU, that's Denver, uh, on Friday and on Saturday as well. So um, certainly plenty of action for the Grizz hockey team. They've been uh, sort of up and down so far this year. Uh, they won four in a row to start out. Then they lost four in a row. Got back on the winning side. Snapped their losing streak last week against Boise State. They won 3-2 to two in a sh- shootout. But then they played the Bronx again and lost 6-2. to two. So 5-5 five and five through 10 games here uh, for Grizz Hockey. And I think uh, I, I, I'm not really sure much about Metro State. But I do know that Denver, DU, is very good. I mean, Denver is definitely going to be one of the better teams they play. They've, they've played a lot of... First of all, they played a much more challenging schedule this year, Grizz Hockey has. And uh, I think DU's probably going to be one of the, the better teams that is on the schedule. So that's certainly going to be a big-time challenge, to, to, to say the least. I, I think that this program... I mean, first of all, I think they're doing it right. You know, they they... 
They played a, a pretty easy schedule the first two years, so they could have a lot of momentum behind winning, and they could pack the Glacier Ice Rink, and uh, you know it's really built some momentum. But now year three, this is the year where you want to make a jump as a program and and not just be uh, a great hometown ticket, which that that's a, a cool part, and you know certainly producing revenue, especially when you're in a club model, that helps a lot. You know having money made so you have money to spend. It certainly helps. And so the strategy's been a solid one. But now, if you want to be a team that's you know truly a competitor within the region and on the national level, you got to start proving it. And I think that they deserve a ton of credit for that. Uh, Tucker Sargent, who's sort of the GM slash you know, El Presidente there of, of Grizz Hockey, he's using sort of a similar model to what they've done with Grizz Lacrosse. And Grizz Lacrosse has been now uh, a big-time program, a viable program for for years and years. And um, these last several years, they have made uh, no bones about how challenging they want their schedule to be. I mean, they are road warriors. They're going all over the place for Grizzly Cross, playing everybody that's among the best of the best. But that hardens them, certainly, when they get, then get to the postseason. I mean, they made the Final Four two years ago. Last year got a tough draw with Air Force, but certainly uh, national uh, contenders each year, year in and year out after they laid the foundation of that. So I think that's what they're trying to do with Chris Hockey as well. So I'm not really sure how these matchups are going to go. All I do know, though, is that if you uh, want to have some of this action in your life since they're on the road, you can find it all on the ESPN MT app. The uh, MSU Denver game is at 5.15 on Thursday. Then the DU game on Friday, puck drops at 8.15 p.m., and then on Saturday, it's a matinee, a noon, I guess, 12-15 puck drop from DU. So uh, three games in three days for the Grizz hockey team. And uh, you can find all of the action on the uh, ESPN MT app. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado located there on Russell. Pretty darn close to the Glacier Ice Rink, so... Uh, what a night that would be. What a fun time that would be. Go have some wings and then go uh, take in some Grizz hockey. Grizz hockey's on the road uh, next week as well. They play uh, next Friday at Utah State, next Saturday at Weber State. They're back home again on November 10th. So it, it'll be a couple weeks. But, uh, you know, here's a good idea. You win some Desperado wings, either save it until November 10th, grab yourself some wings before the hockey match, or you really want to use the wing card, that's awesome. Why wouldn't you? Go watch some World Series baseball down there at the Despo. Great baseball bar. And uh, it's not just the wings. The hamburgers are phenomenal. Great French fries and, and uh, great beer selection. But it's the wings that keep you coming back for more. We got a dozen wings for you right now. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number five. We got a dozen wings for you. To the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call right now. 406 888 one zero two nine. We'll get out just a little bit early because we have a, a jam-packed and very interesting ESPN roundtable on the other side. Andrew Houghton, a great interview with Bill Moose about the origins of Grizz soccer. A long time and uh, very uh, favorably remembered AD at Montana, Bill Moose, our ESPN roundtable guest next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.